Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Why should I forgive? Because God forgave me. Now, understand... Forgiving another person doesn't mean what they did to you was right. Never. It just means you took the responsibility. You've heard me say this many times. When we're angry and bitter and unforgiving, we're drinking poison and expecting them to die. You're dying this morning if you're filled with anger and unforgiveness. Just ask God to forgive you. Go to the person and ask them to forgive you. Except they don't deserve it. You didn't either. I didn't either. But Jesus forgave me. And then leave it alone. James begins teaching us how to control our anger. Pastor Mark tells us that we control our anger when we root ourselves in the Word of God. When we align ourselves with the Word, we allow it to shape us. And then we fall into submission to the Word and we line up with the character of God. When we have a strong belief that God is in control, we know that nothing happens to us without His permission. Even when our desires are blocked, We know God isn't. We can hold our peace because God's purposes are bigger than our inconveniences. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, with his continuing study entitled, Listen More, Speak Less. I just let him do what he does. And he wants to do that in your life just as he wants to do it. So we're to ask God for his wisdom, then be quiet and listen. He'll give it to us. We're to read the word of God because it speaks to us. Now, when I listen more, what does that say about me to God and to people? Write these three keys down. This is what it says. This is what James after. Listen more and speak less equals Humility? It kills my pride. I got the answer. Let me speak. Humility? Patience? God, why haven't you answered? Patience? And respect. I respect God enough to give him the first part of my day. I value what he's going to say into my life. Now, let's go back to James 1.19, where we were, James 1.19. Now, we come to an area that's difficult for all of us. James says this, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and say it with me, all of our campuses right now, and slow to become angry. I'm, as a Christian, just like you, I'm in the process of becoming like him. Well, what is God's nature? Let me read it to you, Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. Wow. Anybody here glad that God's slow to anger? Okay. 
Could we see our hands? <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be ashes. It'd be over. Well, not only can I get angry with our family and friends, but I can get angry at God. In fact, all of us as Christians have. God, why did you allow that to come into my life? What happened there? So why should we be slow to anger? Verse 20, look at it. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You see, how we live and how we speak is our witness to the world. God has changed my life. So I'm not an angry person. God's changed my life. If we're prideful and patient and angry, then we make God look bad. In the meeting I was at last week with my wife, we actually started at 8.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night. It was huge. It was amazing. One of those afternoons, they gave us a little break. And we went on a city tour of Panama. And uh, I was, Linda and I were sitting here, and there was another couple over here, and they were from uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand. And the guide was there and the driver. She knew we were from different churches around the world. And as we went through, she, she looked at this pastor from New Zealand, and she said this, I know you're a Christian because I see it on your face, and I can tell you love doing what you're doing. Is that powerful or is that powerful? That's powerful. In other words, she said, you're just not a pastor. I can tell you love God and you love doing what you're doing. And that opened the door for us. A lot of things happened. Since I was sitting next to her, I began to speak to her. And I get a little history of where she's at. Because, see, that's a divine appointment. And I said, you know, where are you in your walk with God? And we, we dialogued and talked. I gave her a card. He gave her a card for the church that she could watch. And I found out that she's a mother. She has a two-year-old. She used to live in New York, but she's come back home because her parents are there. And she's mid-20s. She works 15 hours every day, seven days a week. That's her lifestyle. And her two-year-old is there. Uh, the man who impregnated her doesn't want, he comes to see the boy, but he's not interested in getting her married. Getting married, just not it, so she doesn't live with them. So I just encourage her, get yourself in a church. I know it's difficult. You can watch online, 15 hours a day, single parent. Anybody think that's an issue? Fifth, seven days a week? You think we have trouble? And that's very little pay, very little pay. So as we walk through this, I just encourage you that God could bring a godly man into her life. This is an divine appointment. We love you. Thanks for those comments. We made sure we gave her a nice tip at the end, all of us. Why? Because we want to be generous, because God was generous. You see, when people see that we've been changed, it's a huge witness. It cannot work if we're angry. Tell me how many marriages you know have been destroyed by an angry spouse. More than you and I even want to think about. So we're told to be slow to anger. Well, how can I do that? How does that work? Well, one of the things that we have to be careful about is this. As a Christian, write this down. Trials can cause us to be angry at God. God, why didn't you do this? And why did you do this? But when we begin to think about that, we have to go back to the Word of God. What did we learn in the first part of James? 
we learned that God allows trials in our life. He allows them to come so we can learn to trust God. We can get our spiritual faith exercised, and we can learn to endure and then become mature. And not only are we to endure, we're supposed to. Remember we talked about that? We're to welcome trials because we know God's doing good things in us. But at the time, I've been there and you've been there. God, what are you doing here? I can't be angry at God because God's in control and he's going to work all things out for my good. Now, understand that being angry, I, I must go back to the word of God. What is God saying? So sometimes when I go back to the word of God, it encourages me, but sometimes it corrects me. I'm hoping this morning I'm giving you encouragement, but I know God is giving all of us a little correction. Not because he hates us, because it's good for us. We have to be open to what God's doing. Now, look at James 121. Why, what, what does the word say? Look what it says in verse 20. Therefore, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. So in other words, get, be slow in anger. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. James says this, get rid of our pride, our evil habits, and our wrong thinking. Get off. And the word that you see there, get rid of, means simply this, put off, put off. Our pride, thinking I'm special, I have all the answers, my evil habits, maybe even including anger, some kind of sin, that thing, not paying attention to my spouse, my kids, wrong thinking. And in, in the original language, put off, it meant stripping off dirty clothes. So here's what the scripture says. When I'm not living how God wants me to live, this dirty shirt makes God look bad. If on that bus, that pastor or myself would have said to the guide, come on, speak slower, would you? We can't understand your crazy language here. We're English. Speak it right, would you? Oh, that's a real witness. Well, why didn't you take us over here? No, we make God look bad. So this morning, as you look at this, is there pride? Do you respect yourself more than other people? Some of you need to get back to your quiet time with God because you need to hear that gentle correction, the love. Some of you may be living together. You need God to correct that. You're dating an unbeliever. Don't do that. So what does James say? Take it off. But you never take off without putting on. You never take off without putting on. So what do we see from the scripture about this? Here's a huge key. And you see the scripture. When I'm angry, usually, not always, most anger comes from unforgiveness. There's something that somebody hurt me or whatever. So look what Paul says. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and say it with me and anger. Get rid of, take it off. Come on, take it off. Brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And then he says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. You see, where there's unforgiveness, there is hardness of heart and anger. And an angry person 
will destroy themselves, a home, a workplace, a small group. We can't allow anger to rule. Life is too short to be living with unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger. We can end the hurt and the anger by forgiving. Look what he says. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Why should I forgive? Because God forgave me. Now, understand, forgiving another person doesn't mean what they did to you was right. Never. It just means you took the responsibility. You've heard me say this many times. When we're angry and bitter and unforgiving, we're drinking poison and expecting them to die. You're dying this morning if you're filled with anger and unforgiveness. Just ask God to forgive you. Go to the person and ask them to forgive you. Except they don't deserve it. You didn't either. I didn't either. But Jesus forgave me. And then leave it alone. Does it mean you're going to walk right back into an abusive marriage? Absolutely not. But you've let it go. You took it off. Some of you this morning need to take it off. Because it's killing you. And you're not making God look good. You say, well, I don't think I can do that. Anything God asks us to do, he'll enable you to do it in his strength, in his power. Now, I want you to see the next part. Remember, you can't take off without putting on. Look at verse 21 in the New Living Translation. Humbly then, after I've done this, humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it is the power to save your souls. What does that mean? It simply means this. After I take off the stuff that isn't godly in my life, whatever it is, I put on the Word of God. See, the day you became a Christian, God put within you the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian this morning, the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's the one thing I loved at the water baptism. A number of people said this, I- I've been in church all my life, whole life. I never knew I could have a personal relationship with God. Well, it isn't religion. God help us. It's a personal relationship. So who lives in you? God, the third person of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? He's the author of the Bible. Notice this verse again. Notice this verse again. Look at it on the overhead. Humbly accept the word God has planted where? In your heart. David said it like this. I've hid your word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. So when I take that off, I begin thinking what the word says to me. And how it encourages me. And sometimes how it corrects me. That's what we've seen this morning. Take off, put on. See, when I put this on, I become much more like God. I I really don't need to put it on because it's already in me. It's living in me. Now, salvation is three parts, so you'll understand. It's not complicated. When you came to Christ... God forgave you of your sins. And he gave you the, what, what salvation is, is simply this. He destroyed the penalty of sin. You can't be good enough. Jesus on the cross was good enough. So when I came to Christ, my sins were forgiven. And th- that, that penalty, sin, separation, means separation from God forever. Some of you this morning will get an opportunity to become a Christian. Because you can't get rid of your sins. So when I do that, he comes into my life, and that's called justification. I'm right with God. But now, I spend the next whatever number of years I'm here becoming like him. I have the ability to, that penalty of sin has been taken care of. Now the power of sin can be destroyed. I can say no 
to sin. I can say no to temptation. Why? Because I'm strong. No, because God lives in me. And so that's called sanctification. I'm spending my whole life becoming like him. That's the process you're in this morning. That's the process I'm in this morning. I have to take that shirt, and there's times in my life, in my quiet time in the morning, or sometimes with my spouse or a friend, where I just have to confess, take that crud off me. It's the old bomber. You know what that looks like. Well, you don't, but my wife definitely knows what that looks like. You're not any better than I am, so I wouldn't want to see it either. And I put on who I really am. Now, I want you to get ready for an amen. A couple amens. You ready? Some amens. Okay. There's a third part of salvation. When I get to heaven, there's no more sin. When I get to heaven, there's a new body. That should have been louder. Let's try. When I get to heaven, there's a new body. Let's try it again. Amen. See, that means the battle is over. There's no more temptation. But I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. When I get there, done. So here we are. Speak less and listen more. Be slow to anger. Why? That's the character of the God that's changing you and changing me. Powerful, isn't it? Just amazing to see what God's doing. Now, almost finished. We're to humbly accept and humbly listen to God. What does that mean? When God corrects you, don't be defensive. Don't make up excuses. If when God speaks to me, if my first word out of my mouth is but, there's a problem. And that's why I wrote this. You don't have to write it down, but I want you to think about the next time you have a quiet time with God. Let God text you his words. No response. No response needed. Just let him text you his words, his plans, his encouragement, and his correction. Just take it one way from him. And then you respond by the power of God. That's the way it should work. God is perfect. His plans are perfect. Let the, let the word of God, Colossians says, let it dwell richly in you. It's alive. I heard a, when I was about 19, I was in college, and, and uh, I joined this group called InterVarsity. And it's a great Christian group with lots of different churches and stuff. And I began teaching, actually, uh, at 19 in that group. Well, I, I read this the other day, and I thought you'd like it. Remember what we talked about a quiet time now, getting alone with God, let him speak to us and whatever. Here, here's the question. There was a student at an intervarsity conference, and, and uh, something the speaker said prompted the student, so he stood up at, at the appropriate time, and he said this to the, to the uh, uh, person speaking. But, but what do you do when things go wrong, and other people are hurting you, and you're hurt, and you're angry? What do you do? And the speaker said this. Have your daily quiet time. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Really? Yeah. Because see, in our daily quiet time, this is where a lot of stuff happens. The dog isn't around. My wife isn't around. I just received a text as I read the word from God. This is where life change happens. Oh, it happens here. It definitely happens here. It happens even more in community groups. But this is where the real rubber hits the road. This is where I journal. My wife isn't allowed to read my journal, and I would never read hers. See, this is where you're real between God, your maker, and you. That's why we humbly accept his word, because he's always right, and he loves us. Now, when you begin thinking about that, I want you to write this statement down. We're to 
put off wrong thinking and living and put on the Word of God. That's why we teach the Word of God here. That's why we teach the Word of God here. Humbly accept the Word is directly contrasted with quick speech and anger. Now, I'm going to end this morning with one encouraging word. Trials and troubles in life and temptation sometimes defeat us or discourage us, but they can't happen. That's because Satan's a liar. When we get in these and we fail and we have this crazy shirt on and we're doing things that aren't right, Satan will just say to you, well, you can try to come back to God, but you tried it before. That ain't going to work. God isn't going to forgive you. That's a lie. You take it off and you respond to God. See, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You take it off. You go right back to the principles of the word of God. By the way, Satan loves to condemn us. Romans 8.1 said there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Zero. Don't be condemned. Now, I want to show you this verse. This is powerful. By the way, pray for me because my wife's going to have to re-iron my shirts when I get home with you. Okay. Look what Paul writes. Now, if you're a Christian this morning, the moment you turned your life over to God, he began working in you. See, Philippians also says, he's at work in me changing my wonder and giving me a power to do what he wants me to do. He's at work in you this morning. So look what he says. And I'm certain... Not I'm questioning. Mm, it's a theory. Not sure what it, how it works. No, I'm certain that God, everything starts with God, who began his good work within you, he will continue his work until it is finally finished. When is that going to be? On the day when Jesus Christ... When I get to heaven and when I come back to this earth, this earth is going to be made brand new during the millennium. When I get to heaven, he's finished his work. Until then, my friends... We're all a work in progress. But he began it. He's going to continue it. Now, to continue it, I have to humbly submit and to his leadership, which is the word of God. I can rebel. I can argue. I can get angry. I can go the other way. But it's going to cost you. He always forgives, but he doesn't eliminate the consequences of rebellion and sin. We pay for that. Oh, he takes us back. We've all been there. So I want you to write this down this morning, would you? Have confidence in God. What God starts, God finishes. What God starts, God finishes. Our privilege is to listen to him and be confident, not in my ability, but it's his ability, because it will eventually bring me peace and joy, even in the midst of trouble. So now we're ready to listen more, speak less, and become slow to anger, right? Pastor Mark told us that when we apply this principle to our lives, we will be changed. We will be able to listen and hear God's voice. He will be able to direct us to the right path and direction for our lives. We will put off wrong thinking and put on the Word of God. Are you ready to change? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. We all like gifts, don't we? Did you know that God has given each of us our very own gifts? He has. They're gifts to be used by His people to benefit the church and the people in the church. But there are gifts that are to be used outside the church. Those are to be used to bring people to God. Whatever gift He's given to each of us, we're to use them for His glory. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.